Lauren, I am really looking forward to today's show. We are going to uh, we're going to get a little creeped out. I'm 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 excited though. This is going to be fun. We're going to be talking horror movies, and in studio we have local artist and Napa Valley horror movie aficionado Kelly Doran is here. Hi, Kelly. Hello, everybody. Hello. Greetings from the crypt. Is a... <laughs> yeah, well, that was good. That was good. I can do my best. <laughs> <laughs> And, and calling in in just a few minutes, all the way from Hollywood, California, is going to be Ayal Aloni, who is the uh, content director. I hope I got that right. He's the program curator. He is, let's just put it this way, he puts together what you're going to see on Screambox.com, which is a horror movie streaming service. So we've got a couple of experts to talk about the subject, and it's going to be a blast. In the meantime, Lauren Mole, what do you have to say? We invite you to join Judd at his family's winery at the south end of Silverado Trail. Judd's Hill Winery, located at 2332 Silverado Trail, here in Napa Valley, California, USA. Visiting information is at juddshill.com or by calling 707-255-2332. Thank you, and while you are online getting that visiting information at juddshill.com, you can look around. We've got some really fun videos, some quirky stuff there. We have got uh, events coming up. Always check out our events site. And of course we have wine. We are a winery. We don't make that much wine, so there's gonna be a very limited amount of this and that, but we do make quite a variety. So take a look, put some in your shopping cart, and Lauren is gonna give you even something, uh, even a little perk, let's put it that way, for being a listener. Just type in coupon code JNVS, all in lowercase letters, please, and you'll get 15% off your entire wine order. And if that's not enough, you can join the Judd's Hill Wine Club anytime, day or night. That's right, and I certainly encourage you to do that. There's no cost to join. You get a chance to try all of our wines. You get special invitations to events at the winery. We do events uh, outside the winery in different towns. We just guarantee a good time with fine wines. That's what it's all about. That being said, Let's talk scary movies. And now, enjoy the show. Everyone's a Finkel friend on Judd's Napa Valley Show. Get ready for another heap of fascinating things to know. From witty and intriguing people. On Judd's Napa Valley Show No stale script and no rehearsing Live from a Napa studio You may be that intriguing person On Judd's Napa Valley Show Pardon me, I'll have a Chardonnay A marvelous date, it's hard to say I know we never talk about the Sauvignon Blanc It's a must-have on the podcast It's Judd's Napa Valley Show You can't ease this flow if I elaborate Over a Cabernet, my buddy's the truth You should study my man Juddy and learn something new Friends and Judd's Hill Wine make a great blend. And now, live from the 1440 KVON Studios at Broadcast Park in the beautiful Napa Valley, it's Judd's Napa Valley Show. I'm Lauren Mole, and here's your host, Judd Finkelstein! <laughs> <Hey>! yeah, <I'm, laughs> Lauren Mole, man, how are you, sir? That was a great intro, and I like... 
I like your little bit about the blend. That's true. Good friends and wine and yeah. What else do you need? Probably food, but we, we won't get into the technical. Uh, anyway, well, how are you? How are you? I'm doing fine, Judd. Happy new month to you. Happy new month. We're in October. What's going on in the world of Lauren Mole? Well, I recently just got done on an annual family boating trip with uh, my grandparents and uh, my uncle from San Pablo. Yeah, how'd that go? Oh, man, Judd, it was fabulous. And it was also my grandparents' 66th uh, wedding anniversary. Wow, that's impressive. And I hope they're listening online right now in uh, in Lake Almanor, which is five hours away from here. Yep, that's by car. Yes, pr- precisely. Okay. <laughs> there are other modes. I mean, hey, where'd you go boating? I want to know. I, I've recently discovered the joys of boating myself. Uh, we actually went boating on the McCallamy River, which oh, is on, yeah. the, on the Sacramento Delta. I look forward to this every year. That's a beautiful piece of land out there. It is. We get some Zinfandel grapes out there right along the McCallamy River. Right on. Beautiful. Right. How long were you out there? Saturday and Sunday. Nice. Do you spend the night on the boat? No, we didn't spend the night on the boat. We mm. just uh, we have an annual potluck dinner ah, ah. to follow. Well, that's great. Fun family traditions. It is. It was a lot of fun. Looking forward to next year. <laughs> so, uh, so what's been going on with you, Judd? Uh, wait, didn't you actually recently record a, a spot for one of our future next door neighbors? I I did. I did. I was uh, I was asked to record a commercial. Yes, for Napa Sport down here. Well, you did a great job. Thanks. Have you heard it? I, I I've heard it, it but myself. I haven't heard the spot run. It was it was fun to do. I got called in last week after the show. Come on into the studio, record a little something, and uh, had a good time doing it. I got to <clears throat> put on my announcer voice. You know, come on down for great steaks and custom-cut chops. I didn't really talk well, like you, that. Well, but well, you still did a good job. Well, thanks. Thanks. Look, this is all fun and games, but we've got serious things to talk about and of course oh we do it is sailing on san francisco bay is what we want to talk about i got to go for my first time this weekend and the sailing bug has caught me i i now know a jib from a jibe and a aft from a four and it is exciting let me tell you you look thrilled so let's not talk about it anymore (laughs) (laughs) let's get into today's today's subject would you we'll talk about sailing later i i want to get to this 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 is fun please introduce today's topic are you a moving picture explorer? Then dig our guess. Not one, a snorer. Prepare for a shiver as these guys deliver their tips for the best in cinema horror. <laughs> That's right. Today's <laughs> show is all about scary movies. It is October. Today is the uh, second, and it is a beautiful gray Napa Valley day. Yep. It's the perfect day to talk about horror movies. Joining me in studio is a local artist, and he also happens to be the, uh, let me make sure I got this right, the copy desk editor. Copy uh, desk chief. Chief, excuse me, and, and wire, wire editor. editor. Copy desk chief. Napa Valley Register. That's it. It's Kelly Doran. Yep. And Hello, folks. on the telephone, all the way from Hollywood, California, it is a oh man. I'm looking forward to hearing his perspective in horror films because it's what he does for a living. He is the social media manager and programming manager of Screenbox.com. It's Ayal Aloni. Ayal, are you there? I'm here. How are you doing, guys? Right on. I think. Can everybody hear him? Yep. Can oh. hear him. I can. Fantastic. Then that means our audience can too, I hope. Welcome. We're here to talk about horror films, and this is something that's a bit near and dear to me. There was a time uh, as a teenager I was very into this genre. I used to read Fangoria Magazine, yeah. which is, uh, uh, it's well, we can discuss what that is in a minute, uh, but it's about horror films and special effects. I used to host a uh, regular 
kind of party we'd put on when I was a student at St. Helena High School called Horror Fest, and we'd watch two or three, to use the overly used word curated films, you know, we'd <laughs> put together uh, an evening of entertainment, then have quizzes about them after and give away scary prizes. Nice. Really into it, although lately I found myself drifting away. So this was a good chance to watch some films over the last uh, week in preparation to talk to you guys. And I'm excited. I am really stoked. Let's get into this. Let's. I'm not exactly sure what, what to talk about first because horror is such, it's like an umbrella word. Exactly. There is so much to be said about the genre and subgenres. And, you know, Kelly, you're sitting right here. So I'm looking at you and mm-hmm. I, maybe I'd like to get your take on maybe what horror is. And I'd also like to find out like how you got into this. Give us your your credentials, your pedigree. Why, why are you the guy sitting here? I'm... I've been into horror films since I was little. I grew up on them. My dad loved scary movies, loved... I mean, he grew up during the Depression era, and he saw Frankenstein, the 1931 Frankenstein, in the theaters, and he told me stories about walking home terrified down the middle of street, the street in Oakland, just out of his mind thinking that the the monster was going to come and get him and he he showed me those movies he showed me on you know saturday afternoon matinees and creature features which was the bay area horror film show that was on late night with bob wilkins bob wilkins yeah, yeah i mean i i grew up with those i grew up with the hammer horror films with christopher lee mm. and Peter Cushing, and then I got into like the more gory stuff with Fangoria Magazine when I was in junior high, and I've just always loved them. A lot of people don't like horror films. They don't like to be scared, but I I dig it. I love being scared. My wife's one of those people that doesn't like being scared, but I do, and we have this running joke in my house that, you know, because there's these videos that are on YouTube of people getting the bejesus scared out of them by friends. <laughs> And I said, you can do that. You just have to videotape me because oh. I have, you know, I want to see my reaction. You've because, given her permission to do that. Yeah, too. and she she's so nice. She, she won't do, do it. That. She doesn't do that, but she does it unintentionally. <laughs> She'll walk up and back of me, making noise, but I'm, you know, in another world. And she'll, you know, give me a hug while I'm doing the dishes, and I'll jump out of my skin. <laughs> But scary hug. Yeah, I'm. I my reaction to being scared is to laugh. I have like a nervous laugh when I get scared, but I love it. It's just, I've always liked those kind of whistling in the graveyard kind of dark side of life, not gory, not, you know, horrific. I mean, I think it's almost a way to inoculate myself against like real scary things. That's interesting that you say that. And Ayal, I'm going to come to you kind of with a similar question, but the fact that you mentioned that, Kelly, I think that's why I drifted away from horror. It's because... I have so many other worries in life about the state of the world, whatever it is, you know, that keeps me up at night. I don't want to exacerbate the stress, you know, so I drifted way more towards comedies. But I am, there's a place in my heart for this is why I'm very excited to be talking today. I almost think you can, it's like a release. Yeah. It's almost like a release valve. You know, yeah, I'm pent up. I get, I mean, I have anxiety problems. Who doesn't nowadays? But, you know, I uh, horror films are a way for me to, you know, just kind of release some of that pent-up anxiety. Sure. 
So it's... No, that makes a lot of sense. And you, uh, it comes through in your art as well. Yes. In fact, I'll give that a plug right now, only because if folks want to kind of follow along, if you're sitting near a computer, uh, you can see some of Kelly's artwork. He's an artist and an illustrator. You've got a blog. Do you want to mm-hmm. talk 31 Days of Monsters? Uh, yeah, every October. I've been doing this for quite a, I think probably about five or six years now. Every October, starting on October 1st, I draw a different monster from folklore, mythology, urban legend, you know, different regional monsters from around the United States. Because every, it seems like every home, everybody's hometown has some sort of weird creature out in the woods that, you know, they warn each other about, you know. But I do one drawing a day. I post it on my blog. And usually at the end of the year, I will produce a book that, you know, I put together all of the monsters in a little art book that I give out to people or offer for sale. But and if folks want to see your blog uh, while they're listening or right after the show, we don't want you to tune out. But kellydoren.blogspot.com, and that's K-E-L-L-Y-D-O-R-E-N.blogspot.com. And I'm also on Instagram at kelly.doren. There you go. And Ayal, I promise we're going to get to you. I, he, <laughs> Kelly brought something else up too. I think it's worth mentioning here for our local audience, especially. You talk about regional monsters. You were the one leading the charge when our Napa High School um, yeah. gave up, decided to change their mascot from the Indians, long-standing Napa High Indians, to something new. Mm-hmm. And you were leading the charge. I loved it. I was behind you one hundred percent to the Napa. Rebobs. The Napa Rebobs. Al, have you ever heard of the Napa Rebobs? I have not. What is that? <laughs> okay, there you go. This this is this is ripe for for horror movie making. I think right now. Do you want to explain what a Rebob is, Kelly? The Rebobs are flying monkeys, ter- terrific or terrifying flying monkeys that live up on one of our rural roads in West Napa, Partrick's Road, out in Browns Valley. It's this urban legend that these, if you go up there at night and you go to make out or drink beer or whatever <laughs> kids do, if you go out there at night, these flying monkeys will come down and attack you and, you know, rip into your car and, you know, terrorize you. And it's just this, oh this great image of these little monkeys with these bat wings and And they're blood blood suckers. Oh, yeah, they're bloodthirsty creatures. Yeah, absolutely. I believe it was because there was a a scientist during the 40s creating, (laughs) you know, during World War II uh, era experimentation, created these. I'm not sure on accident or on purpose, but they've been let loose. And only... the Wizard of Oz. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And only at this one road in Napa will you encounter them. And actually, a couple of years ago on this very show... During our Halloween episode, I don't have the exact date, but if you look back on the iTunes, you can scroll back and it says, we had a man in here who had a firsthand account (laughs) of the Rebobs. So Kelly, you had (coughs) lobbied for the Rebobs to be our next mascot for Napa High. And I loved it because it was very specific to Napa. No one else would have this. It's fierce. It speaks to our local uh, community and... um, I was behind you, but they went in another direction. Yeah, they went in another direction. Okay. There is, there's the possibility. I heard from somebody after that whole thing that Redwood is also possibly I rumored to have been considering changing their mascot, yeah. so it could end up being the Redwood Rebobs. Well, let's get in on it. Ayal Aloni calling in yes, from Hollywood, California. So you 
sir, are you're in the business of horror movies, which is uh, that's got to be pretty fun. I must dig that gig. Have you been a horror guy from way back? I know you have a background in film and screenwriting. Can we talk a little bit about uh, your background and how you got into this? You know, like Kelly, I've been a horror fan since I was a kid. And, you know, my parents weren't particularly responsible. So they, would, <laughs> they would record horror films for me on the old VHS. Yeah. I even, uh, I still can't believe they allowed this, but I had a life-size uh, Freddy Krueger poster oh. that I put on the outside of my bedroom door. The reason I put it on the outside so my sister would have to walk past it to get to her bedroom. <laughs> I was a terrible, terrible child. You are a tormentor. Um, now, are you older or younger yeah. than your sister? I am five years older than her. Oh, um, so tormenting the little sister. Yeah. Well. Tormenting the little sister, right, yeah. And she, she still brings it up. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll bet she does. I'll bet yeah. she, at therapy sessions. and. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Oh, so you, if I could do it all again, I'd do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, that's how that usually works. Um, so you, let's get into your... Uh, so, okay, yikes. I want to save your sister a little bit of uh, grief here. I don't know if she's listening or not, but we'll just say hi. We love you. Uh, so how, <laughs> how, how did you get called into the world of film? Um, I just always loved movies growing up. I didn't really know what I wanted to do in that world, but I knew I wanted to be a part of it. And I, you know, did a lot of theater in college and then you know, moved to L.A. and thought, well, I'll, you know, I'll figure it out eventually. I did what many people do when they move to L.A. and, and you know, sent out headshots all day long. Oh. And, uh, and then I thought, well, you know, I, went, I don't think I went to college just to put a headshot in an envelope and put a stamp on it. So uh, I wanted to create more. So I started putting on plays and doing some writing and eventually, uh, you know, I ended up at um, at film school, mostly because I'd been laid off and had no idea what to do. So this was just a spur-of-the-moment decision to right? wow. apply for film school and was fortunate enough to get in at UCLA and just have been writing ever since. Amazing. How'd you get yourself into um, what you do now? Uh, basically, you... Well, why don't you tell us what it is you do? You're the program manager. Does that mean you spend your days watching horror films and selecting ones for the channel? How, what, what is it you do? I watch a lot of horror films. I watch a lot of trailers. A lot of people, you know, will contact me to, to submit their film for consideration for our site. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm watching. My eyes get uh, a good workout every week. So basically what I do, uh, I do programming and social media. So I spend a lot of time on Facebook and Twitter. And the programming part is essentially, uh, you know, content curation. I work with a bunch of content partners to choose the material for our site. So you can, you know, blame me or applaud me for what's up there. <laughs> We've got, uh, if I can do a little plug. Yeah, I was actually mind, about but... to ask you to tell us a little bit about Screenbox. So let's hear yeah, what it so is. Screenbox, I mean, think of it as Netflix, but just for horror movies. Okay. So instead of Netflix and chill, we say Screenbox and kill. You get it? <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and, and it's October, as you know, John. Yes. Um, and so in October, we, we, we usually do a big promotion, and uh, we just did a big deal with a company called Terror Films, and we've got 30 new movies coming out, and coming up uh, the week of October 15th, we have a, uh, a promotion called 13 Screens to Halloween. 
And what that is, is every weekday from the 15th to Halloween, we're going to publish a new movie that you can watch for free. If you're not a subscriber, you can still watch that movie for free for that day. If you are a subscriber, you get to watch them all. Great. So we'll be putting up a new one every weekday uh, from the 15th through the 31st. Fun. So look out for that. Look out. Uh, check our social media next week. Our Facebook and Twitter handles at Screenbox TV. And check there for more info on, on what's happening, when that's going to start, and what titles are going to be up on the site. Okay, very cool. Now, with Screenbox, is there a certain audience you're going for, or is there a certain type of content that you're looking for? You know, I guess what I'm trying to say, do you specialize in a certain genre within horror, or is it a very wide, wide reach within the horror genre? It's a, it's wide. I mean, I think, I think you said earlier that, that there are a lot of different subgenres within horror. I, I would argue there's probably more subgenres with, within horror than any other genre. Okay. Um, you know, like we have a killer section, but if you go into the killer section, you know, there's slashers and psychos and crime. And, you know, if you like movies that take place uh, in the woods uh, about people getting chased with axes, we have a backwoods butcher's. Action. Um, <laughs> so you break it down into very specific really little subgenres, and <laughs> that's yeah. great. Well, we, we, we try to play to the diehard horror fan who is not just looking for, you know, Halloween and Friday the 13th, and uh, while well, those are awesome, <laughs> if you're a diehard horror fan, you've seen those movies a million times over. So what we love to do is introduce people to new horror that's come out in you know, the last couple of years. And also, you know, we'll put things up there that, you know, a lot of pretty religious horror fans will, will like, you know, the campy stuff too. I don't know if you've heard of a movie called Thanks Killing. Uh, <laughs> you know that one? About, yeah. <laughs> that, isn't that the one about the uh, killer turkey? The killer turkey, yes, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Lauren, what do you so, think? Well, you know, we, we got stuff like that. We got some classics. Uh, but it's, it's more about, you know, just not the casual horror fan, but more of the, the people who just can't get enough of it and, and want to know what's out there and, and still love the, you know, quote unquote, so bad that they're good films. <laughs> uh, so a little bit of everything. Okay. Lor- Lor- I know Lauren's favorite holiday is Thanksgiving. We talk about it every year and the look came on his face when you said thanks uh thanks killing uh so what, what did you think about that would you have you seen this movie lauren i have no comment no comment <laughs> would you care to see a movie about a killer turkey no okay <laughs> what wine would you pair with that turkey okay never mind never mind well should we get into it then i mean i know a lot of folks were tuning in today to maybe get some ideas of some different movies that might be fun to watch sure. my challenge was just because you mentioned there's so many Subgenres, you know, where do we start? It is a very broad subject. For me, my tastes at the moment, you know, I I really like classic stuff yeah. at the moment. I I, mm-hmm. I tend to skew back towards the 30s through the, maybe the early 70s when I look for my horror. Once we got into the 80s, I got a kick out of Friday the 13th and. Uh, well, maybe even more so Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, obviously, it was a pop culture phenomenon with Freddy Krueger. And the, the reason, they, they were actually, for, for kind of gross-out teen slasher films, they were kind of fun, and they had some dark comedy yeah. in them as well, which 
I could appreciate at that age. I think if I was younger than, I don't remember, I was probably in my mid-teens when I saw my first one. But if I was younger, I would have not liked it at all. But as a teen, I could appreciate the humor in it. But I like going back. In fact, just this past week, I, I revisited, something I hadn't seen forever, 1932, White Zombie, Bela oh, yeah. Lugosi. Yeah. Holy it's got the moly. Whole, the hands when he's doing the... Yes. The incantation that, you know, he, hypnotizes people. That's exactly it. And it um, apparently was not met with much critical success. People thought it was pretty weak. The the acting, I guess, these people had been silent film stars, and so it was very stilted acting. That was – those were reviews I looked up that came out when the movie came out. But now that there's 80-something years between then and now, I thought it was great. I thought it spoke to that period. I absolutely loved the way that, um, who was it, Victor, uh, Victor Halperin, I believe, is the director of that. He, the way he used light and shadows. Yeah, they were very gorgeous. Were very expressive with their lighting and just the visuals in those old movies was amazing. It was very fun to see basically what amounted to the very first zombie movie. Yeah. It was, that was kind of the beginning of the genre of the zombie movie where Bela Lugosi plays this... Uh, his name is Murder. That's the mm-hmm. that's the character's Murder <laughs> Legend, or I don't know. It takes place in Haiti, and he is he has this formula that turns people into zombies. It's not based on you know modern zombies where it's a outbreak of some disease and they turn into these flesh eating monsters. It basically turns them into mindless slaves. Yeah, it's and, the voodoo type of zombies. Right. They're not after. They're not murderous zombies. They will just obey their master and whatever their master. Correct. wants to do and in this case Bell Lugosi is a bit of an evil zombie slave master and has yeah. some nefarious goals ton of fun and I like the way not only the way it looked but even for that era that the his use of music or lack of there's a scene where the the one of the characters goes to visit Bell Lugosi at the sugar mill that he runs with zombie slave labor and while they're talking all you hear is this groan of the sugar mill right. creaking and moaning while the zombies <laughs> you know, are cranking it. And these guys are having this uh, very nefarious conversation. Uh, this is good stuff. Yeah, they were great filmmakers back then. Yeah. Well, how about you guys? Universal horror films, uh, anything of that era that really strikes you? I love Night of the Demon, which was with, I believe, Dana Andrews was in that. Oh, Dana um, Andrews. It's based on, I think it's Arthur Macon's Casting the Runes. And it's just this great atmospheric story. There's uh, Dane Andrews plays this scientist who's called he. There's a like a Aleister Crowley type magician living in England who people are beginning to get worried. And Dane Andrews is a uh, he's he's a debunker. He debunks these people, mm-hmm. and he finds that this magician is the real deal. Oh, and much to his. Uh, his doom Uh-oh. in the movie. Uh-oh. And it's it's great. It's just got great sound effects, sound design. Sound is underrated in movies, I believe. I don't think a lot of people realize that you can be terrified by the sound or like you were talking about, the lack of sound. Mm-hmm. You know, the the nowadays it's all about these, you know, punctuating everything with a intense sound to let the audience know that you're you're about to be scared. Right. There, there, there's some cues there like, okay, this is your chance to be scared. But there were directors, I've heard Coppola speak up here at the Cameo Cinema about the importance of just sound and sound quality. Yeah. And then you watch Kubrick films 
And he uses lack of sound oh, yeah. to great effect in 2001 A Space Odyssey, The Silence of Space, The Shining, when uh, Danny's riding his big wheel down the hallway. Just the sound of the sound wheels. Of the carpet and the yeah. wood over the wheels. It's creepy as heck. Yeah. That's <laughs> good stuff. Hey, all, any of the classics that strike you or, or any, you know, you can talk about anything. This is a conversation. You can talk about yeah, anything I'll, you want. I'll, I'll put in a vote for the 1932 cinematic achievement Freaks. Oh, oh Todd Browning. Todd Browning. Yeah, yeah. That, both of us just got all excited on that one. <laughs> that was a movie way ahead of its time and probably still ahead of its time. That would still be yeah. a tough one to watch for a lot of modern audiences. Why don't you talk a little bit about that film and what made it so perverse and delicious to horror movie fans? Well, it, 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 first of all, it's uncomfortable in a way because they, the cast is, you know, the, the, the cast actually all have some sort of disfigurement or something of that nature and you know you sort of i've seen it plenty of times and you get this sort of like uncomfortable feeling that they it's kind of exploitative um yeah but at the same time just the cool thing is is that it's a love story but you know it's not i feel like they would never do this today right like today you gotta have uh jennifer aniston and Hugh Jackman, but you know, an actual love story with people who are not necessarily incredibly beautiful uh, and that that hits the same themes. Uh, is there's something sweet about it? I don't know. It, it hits me on many different levels: discomfort, uh, cuteness, you know, the, the the sweetness of it, and then of course, you know, uh, being turned into a chicken. <laughs> <That's> it. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know, if you're watching that, I don't think that's going to... If you can make it through the movie, that part's not going to be the disturbing part. And not much of a surprise either. You can kind of see what's coming. It is pretty amazing. I remember seeing that in college and thinking... It did make me very uncomfortable because these people, the actors he got... The movie's called Freaks. And at that time, I mean, circuses and sideshows had what they called freak shows. And these were the people... I mean, they took these actors, quote-unquote actors from these shows so that you're, you're seeing the real deal and they it's for a movie it has a great effect on the audience i yeah, think it's, disturbed disturbed and uh i think a, a lot of it also comes from like an early form of political correctness because at that that age you know you were it it feels like exploitative but a lot of people at that time that were in freak shows they were happy they you know mm-hmm. life had kind of dealt them a bad hand and some of them were like yeah this is a great way to make a living i can afford things <laughs> you know, I, can, I, I, I i imagine there's some truth i can't speak to all their experiences yeah i mean but... i'm sure some of their experiences were terrible and terrifying but you but know at least it's... in this movie it shows them kind of as a family and they're all bonded and yeah and that's kind of nice i suppose it kind <laughs> of subverts what you expect when you go into that movie because you expect Oh, the freaks are going to be the the evil in the movie, mm-hmm. and it kind of flips that on its head a little bit. So, that's indeed, interesting. I'm I'm sorry to cut it now. Uh, we got to take a break. Okay, uh, the time flies by, <laughs> but hang on, folks. We're talking horror movies with a uh, local artist and horror movie buff Kelly Doran, and Ayal Aloni is joining us by phone. He's the programming and social media manager of Screenbox.com. Hang out. You're listening to Judd's Napa Valley Show. We'll be right back after these messages.
Judd's Napa Valley Show. Every episode, a veritable cornucopia of Finkel fun. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa Valley Show. It is Judd's Napa Valley Show, and today we are ushering in October with cinematic horror speak, and I'm being joined by uh, Kelly Doran, and uh, he's a local horror movie expert, artist, and by phone, Ayal Aloni, the programming and social media manager of Screenbox.com, a horror movie streaming service, and we were just getting into some classic horror from back in the 1930s. Where should we go now? We can keep talking that. We can just talk about some favorites. You want to go chronological? You want to go subject by subject, like ghost stories or vampires? Uh, anything that you've seen lately that struck you? Anything that has stuck with you since you were a kid? Let's just talk about it all. I'm excited about all this. This is fun. <laughs> I think the the movie that's most recently the movie that I've seen that actually stuck with me after a couple of days yeah. was it's I I think it's fresh out of theaters now but hereditary i have not seen that it it really kind of stuck in my brain for a couple of days and it's a very i like my taste in horror films goes towards i mean i love monster movies movies that have a really inventive monster but i kind of i really go after movies that have i don't know they've got everything they've got you know style they've got creativity i mean because there's so many horror films nowadays that are very well they're done they're done cheaply they're they're done very quickly to kind of you know cash in on things and i feel it's it's this disrespected genre that like movies don't really get a lot of credibility i mean when was the last time you saw a horror film get an academy award you know they're not it's not very they're, they don't even get nominated. Right, right. And some of them are incredibly creative, and they're you know they don't get a lot of money to produce them, so they've got to be very you know original with their techniques and styles. And I I I love finding little gems like that. Gem. Well, I mean, Hereditary was a critical success. Well, let's but. talk about it for a second because a all I I heard some audible agreement there. I haven't seen the film, so I'd love to hear you guys maybe discuss it for a moment. Sure. Go for it. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't know what to ask. I agree with Kelly. I mean, hopefully things are going to start changing. You know, the Get Out got the screenwriting offer. Oh, yeah. So hopefully things will turn around. But, you know, what, I, what I'm noticing, which is kind of uh, disheartening a little bit, you know, on the part of critics, they're calling, you know, certain horror films like Hereditary prestige horror. Yeah. Um, you know, Hereditary or uh, A Quiet Place, movies like that. The implication being that, you know, everything else is kind of schlocky and not worth our, our time. But I kind of, first of all, I loved Hereditary. A movie hasn't creeped me out like that in a long time. Mm-hmm. But I tend to gravitate toward movies with a sense of humor, and Hereditary is not that. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> no, no. Like, I don't know if you remember a movie that came out last year called Happy Death Day. Oh, um, I heard that was supposed to be really good. I haven't seen that yet. It's super entertaining. I mean, and a lot of movies that are that are also comedic are not necessarily scary but but they can be very entertaining and they don't get i mean to me those are the movies uh that really don't get as much respect as they should that's the kind of thing i like i mean my my favorite horror movie is jaws and it's humor all the way through that oh yeah um 
So, you know, it's, it's, I like that sort of relief that you get, and, you know, the movie doesn't take itself too seriously. Well, it's but a spectacular man. film, Jaws. Huh? I mean, it's a wonderfully made film. It's Jaws. a great adventure. It's a great character study of these different characters. It's, it is a great film. It's no wonder it, it was such a success. And it's, it's incredibly suspenseful. Yes. Without having the jump scares, right. it creates this tension that just builds and builds and you feel yeah. more. You're, yeah. you're scared without anything jumping out at you right. to scare you. It's, it's, it's more of an idea. You don't until, what, an hour in or so? Yeah, I mean, you see the, yeah, I think you maybe see the, the fin, but, I mean, you don't right. see the actual, you know, creature, the full, you know, thing until, like, they're on the boat. And it does. It has humor in it. There's some great, funny moments in that. He knew when to step off the accelerator a little bit and give right. people a quick break. Okay, give them a laugh here. Right. Get them at ease, and then we're just going to build it up again. Yeah, there's, I mean, there, there is, a, I mean, hereditary, like we were talking yeah. about, it's not, there's, there might be like one or two things in that movie that make you kind of, oh, okay, you know, this isn't so dark, but it's, it's a fairly intense dark movie. It's brilliant, but it's, there are the, it is overall an intense movie. But then there's movies like one of my favorites, which is Shaun of the Dead, mm-hmm. which yeah. is a great, you know, it's a great parody of the zombie movies while being a very well-made zombie movie. It, and it's it's funny. It's yeah. hilarious. And you know, Simon Pegg is now in another movie that's coming out soon called The Slaughterhouse Rules, which is kind of another take on the the zombie vampire invasion type of thing, <laughs> you know, and it's but it's at a, a a British boarding school. Oh yeah. So and he plays one of the teachers, so that's coming out. I mean, I there's some good horror comedies. Well, what's st- oh, okay? Hold, bring me back to horror comedy. Sure. I just because I, I want to talk about that for sure. But I want to say, can you put your finger on what it was about Hereditary? You said it stuck with you still after a few days. There, there are a couple of scenes where they like this unspeakable tragedy happens to this family, and the way they tell you it happened is so original where you hear somebody make this horrific discovery off screen Mm. and there and tony collette is she just she nails it with her character in that movie and she when she makes this discovery you're focused on her son who is traumatized already and he's in bed and you hear her make this discovery and she's shrieking outside and you hear it, and it just, it's like a gut punch. Ugh. And it's just, yeah. I mean, she was amazing in that movie. And there's some transitions that have to do with, like, her emotions and her expressions that are just unbelievable that she could do that. And it must have been exhausting for that woman to... Who's behind this? It's, it's, I can't remember the director's name, but it was it was brilliant. It was an absolute brilliant oh, movie, oh. and it's... It's a kicker. It's great. Well, maybe I'll put it on the list. I'm a little, I'm a little hesitant these days to some of these. I like movies, like you say, with a little bit of humor. <laughs> I like atmospheric horror more than I like jump scare or right. gore or people in, you know, getting, you know, tortured. I, I yeah. just really don't like that type of stuff. But atmosphere. No, the, no torture porn for you, John. No, yeah, for sure not. Yeah. No, no. I get. Okay. I, I can't. 
you know, I can, I guess I appreciate the style. Like I've seen, what was Rob, uh, what was Rob Zombie's uh, uh, House of a Thousand? House of a Thousand Corpses. Thousand Corpses. Yeah, you know, I watched that and I, I, I left thinking, okay, that's, I get that that was good for that, but I don't ever need to see that again or something yeah. like that. It was just, it, it, just this, I got this yucky feeling you inside. You feel dirty sometimes yeah, really after did, some movies. Yeah, I and it was hard to shake, you know? Yeah. But well, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that one. What's that, Al? Judd, I'd have to recommend for you, yes. actually, the, hum- the Human Centipede. Oh, oh God. God. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow I don't think that's up Judd's uh, Surely you alley jest. There. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have not it's seen hilarious. it. Yeah. <laughs> Laugh riot. <laughs> Laugh a minute. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I do know what that's about, and it's you know, on purpose I've, I've avoided that one. You know, I watched uh, recently, in fact, just the, years ago, but then again this past week as I wanted to revisit it, was House on Haunted Hill, 1959, William Castle directed, starring Vincent Price. Yep. Another wonderful classic horror film. It doesn't have the jump scares. It's just this feeling of foreboding. These people who are strangers to one another get invited to a, a haunted house party, which in and of itself is already creepy. Like, why don't they know each other? What does this man have planned, you know, the Vincent Price character assembles them all. They don't know each other. None of them have ever met the Vincent Price character. So what is about to unfold? I mean, just the premise is kind of creepy. And then it just builds and builds from there. Uh, and you see him interact with his wife and you can tell there's some there's some bad blood between those two. There, There is. How does that play into it? And yeah, what's going to happen with this part of the story arc? So something I, w- I would definitely recommend if you're... Uh, Listening here in Napa Valley and have a special appreciation for wine cellars. There's some, as Joe Bob <laughs> Briggs would say, it has some good wine cellar foo. <laughs> yeah. There's some, some good scenes take place in the wine cellar of that house. That's house. Yeah, which has inexplicably a, a, a pit of acid in the <laughs> right. wine cellar. Like, well, you know, because, sure. Judd, you, you often use hydrochloric acid. And yeah, I mean, on we, the, on we, the, we do talk about winery. acid additions <laughs> in the wine business. Yeah, but not hydrochloric or whatever <laughs> that is. Sulfuric acid. Yeah. Like, you know, citric. <laughs> they put that on candy, and it's not a big deal. Or tartaric. Anyhow, I like those kind of movies, though. Give me kind of a creepy premise and build it slowly, create this atmosphere. Uh, you don't have to jump out at me. You don't right. have to use loud there, noises. There are some jump scares in House on Haunted Hill, though, when the the young ingenue is in the cellar lurking around, and she turns around uh, and finds the housekeeper behind her. Okay. There's a, there's, there's a couple of things that are like, but they're, they're, eased, they're quickly relieved. Yeah, it's, and I think that's why it doesn't stick with me because it, it's not, they're not horrifying. It's a, it, you're right. It's a quick, like, ooh. Creepy. Yeah. It's more like it's a not, ooh instead of a, ah! It's a, yeah. ooh. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, there was a movie back in the early 2000s. This is not going deep. This was a huge success. Every, probably every horror film buff has seen, but The Ring. Yeah. Based on the Japanese Ringu, right. which I then went out and saw. I did like that. That had a lot of jump scares, but it also, it used a lot of uh, sound, loud, Music, but it also did create this very creepy premise that built and built. It got very atmospheric. I probably spent more time looking at my box of junior mints than at the screen itself, <laughs> but I still left there thinking, okay, I, that was a good horror movie. Like, I got what I needed out of that. And I was scared. Was... I got a good story. I'm creeped out. And there were some kind of disturbing 
what am I watching kind of moments like the videotape when they play the videotape and you see these different interconnected the, scenes. I thought that was horrifying. Just the fact there was nothing particularly horrifying about what you're seeing, but the, the, the non sequitur aspect of exactly. it. Like this, is, this must mean something horrific and I don't know what it is. And they do kind of put it together as a puzzle. It's almost like a rebus that they put together through the movie. You see the horses and the house and the, you know, the, the, the well and all these things <laughs> that they slowly piece together. Right. And, and I like that. I yeah. thought that was very, very well done. Cool, hey, all. Yes. Sir. What, sh- what should we be thinking about? What else? What else is out there? Either things that have uh, stuck with you in the past, or things you're excited to be showcasing on uh, Screenbox. Yeah, um, you know what's what a movie that has really stuck with me for for a number of years now is The Descent. Ooh, mm, good um, one. Yeah, I. I mean. You know, I'm claustrophobic, so it's 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 a hard watch for me. But this is a like group of earlier. You know, it pe- is a, re- a release in a sense. Wait, I'm sorry. Say um, that again. What's that? It is a re- it, like Kelly said earlier. It it is a release in a sense. Uh, you know, I don't particularly like watching people call, crawl through tight spaces. Mm. But it is you know that's where the the, uh, the scares come from. You mentioned the slow build. I mean, this is a movie that you know the first half it's just them spelunking or caving, if you will. And, uh, you know, the, the, the fear comes from, you know, what's going to ha- happen to them in these caves. They're going to get stuck. They're going to you know, su- survive getting out of there. And then, you know, I don't, won't spoil anything, but it, it kind of turns into something else uh, even more terrifying. But movies like that where you just, like, you know, something that could actually happen to me is, is you know, like Jaws. I, grew, I, I basically grew up in the water. So when I first saw Jaws, I thought, great, you know, I couldn't even get in the swimming pool <laughs> without thinking about it. I mean, that's, that's what scares me. Not so much, you know, I love the supernatural movies like Conjuring, those are great. But ghosts and stuff doesn't really freak me out. But if it's, you know, uh, a few people showing up at my house, uh, like in The Strangers, and saying we're just yeah. here to kill you because you're the only ones who open the door. Yeah. Um, Things that could actually <laughs> happen or... Terrifying. Right. See, I never saw that movie, The Strangers, but I remember that line. I think it was in the trailer. Yeah. And that, Why us? That, and because you were home. Because you were home. Because you were home. That right, freaked right. me out. <laughs> like, I don't want to see that movie. Because, I know they use that as a selling point, but that completely did the opposite to me. Like, yeah. no, I'm not going to see that. And it, that's one of those. That's one of those movies that I watched. And I'm like, okay, I'm. I'm good because if that gets in my head, I'm never going to feel at home in my house again. You know? <laughs> That's why I like horror. That's why I like monster movies because I'm like I'm reasonably certain that Frankenstein is not really going to kill me someday. You know, I mean, there's you know serial killer movies. eh, I'm you know that could happen. (laughs) So I get a little worried about that. That being said, are there some of those genres that you might recommend? Um, yeah. I mean, I love I a great ghost story is great. One you know, of my favorite serial killers, like things like oh, oh, serial yeah, killer yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, I mean, no, we'll get into ghost stories in a bit. By the way, you guys have a little time. Can we hang for a bit? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Good. So I'll explain to the audience what's going to happen. We've only got a couple minutes left in this show. Oh wow! So by quick, it's it's going to go by. If you're listening at home, <laughs> thank you for listening. We'll have an official goodbye in a moment or two. We'll go on to the next program if you're listening. But then uh, the three of us are going to keep talking. We'll record it and we will. 
maybe play it next week or the week after. We'll just continue the conversation. Very cool. Yeah. Good? Okay, great. I'm glad that that'll work out. Okay, serial killer films. I mean, one of the, the most disturbing in class. I mean, uh, that kind of ushered in the disturbing era, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oof. Because, I mean, that... I Toby mean, Hooper. It sounds horrific. You know, Chainsaw... You When you hear Chainsaw Massacre, you're like, okay, that's going to hurt. But, you know, <laughs> and then you get to the movie and you... It's actually very atmospheric and creepy and had some great sound design and sets and when you hear the backstory about them making that movie they made it in like the summer so it was like swelteringly hot in texas it looks and it, it. it it looked i mean they captured that it helps create that environment you, of yeah dread this, doom and pain yeah and just the sudden things that happen in that movie that just you're like oh you know, get out as quickly as you can. You're going to have to remind me. I haven't seen that since I did do these horror fest days. So we're talking like 30 years ago. Yeah. I haven't seen that movie. And I know it got rebooted. Right. Didn't yeah. it? Um, I think it's been rebooted a couple times. Now, okay. So. Well, we're talking about the original one. Toby Hooper directed uh, Gunnar Hansen, I believe, Correct. as uh, Leatherface. Boy, I used to know all this stuff. And some <laughs> of it has stuck. I recall it being scary, slightly disturbing, but... Even it, there was a bit of, you could laugh at some of it. Yeah, there was, I mean, these characters, this family is just, they're berserk. These people are, like, insane. And they do these things just where, like, they get in these little squabbles and arguments. (laughs) And at one point, I think, like, the, the kind of father figure chastises Leatherface who is this hulking monster with other people's faces on his wearing their skin. And this guy and Leatherface goes over and kind of sulks and gets upset at himself. His dad yelled at him. Yeah. It's kind of like, Mm -hmm. geez, I always get yelled at for doing things. Oh, shucks. And it's like, Oh, poor, you find yourself going, Oh, this, wait a minute. I'm not going to sympathize with this. No. Weirdo. (laughs) All right. (laughs) We've got, that's a great place to break. We, we're going to end this show as far as the listeners are concerned. The three of us are going to keep talking and we'll air it. But we've got Kelly Doran, horror film buff, uh, local artist here. You can see his artwork at kellydoran.blogspot.com on Instagram at kelly.doran. And he's got an Etsy shop. You look up the name Good Drawer. Or drawer. Good drawer. Drawer. And I that read comes that back. from everybody when I was a kid used to say, oh, you're such a good drawer. Drawer. That's so. good. And Ayal Aloni from Screenbox.com. Look him up there. And if you send Screenbox a note via social media, chances are it's passing right by him. So say hi to Ayal. Guys, thanks. Thank you. And uh, hang on. Thank you. Thanks. Judd's Napa Valley Show is a Gillamar production. <laughs>